Well, hey, hey, Bayshore family, we are hanging out in the loft today, which, speaking of the loft, how amazing was that worship set? I mean, put a fire emoji in the comments or something. My goodness, it was so good. Um, but anyway, I'm so glad that you're hanging out with us on Memorial Day weekend. And can I just be honest with you? Th this has been a really weird Memorial Day weekend, right? I mean, some of you right now, you're trying to think about how to match your bathing suit to your face mask. Come on, I know you are. Don't, don't deny it. And for the first time in my life, on Memorial Day weekend, the Orioles don't have a losing record. Now, they don't have a losing record because they haven't played any games. But look, listen, Orioles fans, we will take what we can get, right? Like, we are technically undefeated. And we better ex be excited because that will never happen again in our lifetime. But anyway, I'm so glad that you're hanging out with us and you picked a great Sunday to join us because we're talking about miracles today. And I always like to start out with a question. And so here's, here's my question to start out. I need everybody to kind of help me out with this. We'll put it on the screen. Have you ever been caught in a storm before? Come on, I know, I know you got some storm stories. I know you have some Jim Cantori moments. If, you've got, if you have a storm story, all I want you to do is put like a lightning bolt or a tornado emoji, something in the comments, write a little story, whatever you got to do. And while you're writing your storm story, I want to tell you one of my favorite storm stories. It happened a few years ago, and it actually happened here at the church. Uh, Ricky Lacates, who is our food pantry director, I love Ricky. Um, I was working here one day, Ricky popped his head in my office and he's like, hey, hey, Joel, me and some guys chartered a fishing boat and we're going striper fishing. Do, do you want to go? Now, when he said that to me, I know that chartering a boat costs a lot of money and my spiritual gift is cheap. And so I thought, well, I can't split this. So I was like, Ricky, man, I love to, but I can't. I, I got things to do. And, and, you know, something's on my calendar that day. You know, you've done this before. Don't, don't judge me. And I was like, I can't do it. And so Ricky was like, no, 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 don't worry about it. We've already paid for it, so it'll be free for you. I was like, it's crazy, Ricky. My schedule just opened up. I can go fishing with you. And so um, we went over to Church Creek, Maryland. And we, we were, it was a Monday morning in November that we headed over there. And the whole trip there, it was raining. It was so windy. All right. Like, I think the 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 weather that day, the forecast was the movie Twister. I mean, it was so windy and we're just eating motion sickness pills basically for our breakfast on the ride over there. And when we get there, true story, the WBOC Outdoors Del Marva van is in the parking lot and they're like, hey, we're filming your fishing trip. And we're like, we're all hopped up on motion sickness pills. We had no idea they were going to be there. Plus, I don't know how to saltwater fish at all. But anyway, um, they got on the boat. Andrew Talls, that, the Captain Willie, like all the famous people, they got on the boat with us. And I actually have a picture um, of, of me with Andrew Talls right, right here. And you can kind of see in the background that it's a little bit stormy. This picture doesn't give it justice because it was so stormy. Now, quick question. Where, where is Captain Willie? All right, here's the thing. This is between us. Our little secret just between us and you and I and a thousand, two thousand other people. Um, Captain Willie was seasick the entire trip. Okay, I'm talking the entire trip. He was below deck like... And, and the whole time I'm thinking... 
His first name is Captain. Like, I don't know if you're allowed to be seasick if your first name is Captain. Like, I don't know the rules. But it was so stormy that he was seasick the whole time. And I'm thinking, like, if Captain Willie is sick, is this a sign that maybe we shouldn't be fishing? Like, maybe we should go down to the giant and just buy some fish. Like, I, I, I knew I was down for that. I knew Captain Willie would be down for that. But we just kept on fishing because that's what men do in storms. Listen, you could put a bunch of men on a boat and a tsunami could be coming their way. And every man will be like, it's not a big deal. I saw the movie A Perfect Storm, like this is nothing, okay? And so we just kept fishing. And, and I don't even eat fish. And I'm like, I'm gonna die out here fishing in this storm and I don't even eat fish. But I did catch my first striper. And I, I wanna show you that picture because that's also what men do. And so here, here's the, a picture of the striper I caught. At least 4,000 pounds. Okay, just giant. No, not 4,000 pounds. But anyway, it was, it was a fun fishing trip. But Captain Willie isn't in this picture either. I think at this point, he had jumped overboard, was swimming to the shore just to not get caught in the storm. It was a terrible storm that we were in. And, and so we all have different storm stories. And so for fun this week, I looked up, I, I Googled some, some storm tips. And so I'm going to give you two tornado tips okay two tips in case you're ever in a, caught in a tornado or your friends chartered a boat while a tsunami is coming or whatever and so here's tornado tip number one and it's this you're supposed to seek shelter or go back to the dock all right um, and so like what this means if you're in a, your house and a tornado is coming you're supposed to get in your bathtub and put a mattress on top of you aren't you glad you came to church today okay the second tornado tip and this is true all right I found this on the internet so you know it's got to be true the second thing you're supposed to do if you're driving out a tornado is you're supposed to get in a in a ditch in other words like if you're driving down the road you're supposed to stop your car you're supposed to get out of your perfectly fine car walk outside in a tornado lay down in a ditch and if you do this, and I've never done this, so I, I can't like prove it, but supposedly the tornado can come right over top of the ditch and not like suck you up into the vortex. Okay, listen, I'm sure you'll be fine if you do this. <laughs> Just kidding. You're going to need a miracle for sure. I don't think that would possibly work, but I did find it on the internet. But here's my point. We've all got some storm stories. We've all been caught in some storms before. And I don't just mean weather storms. There, there's also life storms. There, there's, there's money storms. There's emotional storms. There's health storms. There's um, the global pandemic of 2020 storm. Hello, like life is full of storms. And one of the first storms that we face in life is the, the career and, and college storm. All right, where you're trying to figure out like, who am I? What, what, what am I going to do with my life? I remember my sophomore year in college. I didn't know what to do. I sat down with my guidance counselor, and he's like, Joel, you're at the point in college where you got you to pick your major. What, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. What do you think I should do? And Dr. King, in true story, he's like, you could go to school for business. I was like, good, let's do that. That sounds good. Let's go to, let's go to school for business. And so I got my business degree and became a pastor. Don't ask. Anyway, there's the college and career storm. Then after that, there's the becoming an adult storm or like maybe you get your house you move out of mom's house you get your house you know you get your freedom you get your own space it's awesome but you also get a mortgage 
You get to fold your own clothes. Not awesome. All right. And you're thinking like, where, where, where's mom now? You know, like she used to be my Uber driver. She used to be my personal chef, my, my personal ATM. But it's the, the becoming an adult storm. Then after that, you, you have the family storm. Because eventually, like maybe you meet somebody and you fall in love and then you have kids. Come on, parents, you know having ki kids are a storm, all right? I am homeschooling my four and six-year-old right now. It's like a Category 5 hurricane in my house every single day. Let, let, let me show you a picture of my four-year-old, okay? We'll put this on the screen. Yeah, yeah, this is my boy Nixon. Can you imagine spending four hours a day trying to teach him his ABCs? Like, it is so hard. It's awesome, but it's hard, okay? And if he fails kindergarten next year. I blame myself. It's all my fault, but it's, it's the family storm. And then after the family storm, um, we, we got the middle age storm. That's when you get to a certain age and you're like, you know, is this it? Like, is this, is there nothing kind of new coming in life? I remember a few months ago, I was in Johnny's and I was getting a couch and uh, we, we bought this couch and I'm sitting on this couch right before we buy it. And I just had this thought. I was like, is this, is this it? Is this, is this my last couch? Am I going to die on this couch? Like that, that's kind of what you start to think at a certain age. It's a middle age storm. And then you have the retirement storm where you're like, what am I going to do with my time? Then you have the senior storm where you're, you know, you're going to doctor visits and you're paying doctor bills. And, you know, it's like a full-time job just to organize the pillbox. Come on, you know, it's the, these storms, life is full of storms. And so the question isn't, am I going to face some storms in life? The question is, can I have peace when I'm in a storm? Because I know the storm is coming. And so today, my, my goal is super simple. I just want to help you find peace in your storm, whatever that storm is. And to do that, We've been looking at the seven miracles that Jesus' friend John wrote in the book of John. And um, today is miracle number five. And we're going to look at the, the miracle where Jesus and Peter walk on water in a storm. Now, I'm going to break a rule. <laughs> because I'm actually going to use Matthew's version of this story. Because Matthew's a little more type A. Okay, so shout out type A people. Um, but Matthew gives some details that John doesn't give. And so I'm going to use Matthew's version Today And this, to set this up, Jesus had literally just performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000. Like that, that had just happened. We talked about that last weekend. If you missed last weekend's message, it's so good. You got to go watch it. Um, but Jesus had literally just fed the 5,000. He puts his disciples on this boat and he sends them out in this boat and it starts storming. And you got the disciples in the boat, in the storm, just like me and Captain Willie. And here's what happened. Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 24, says this. Meanwhile, the disciples were in what? Trouble. Far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Now, the, the disciples, they're like captains. Like Captain Willie. They are literally, most of them, professional fishermen. You, you would think like they could be in a storm and be totally fine, no problem. No, they are freaking out. I am sure that every one of them were like, Jesus, where, where are you? Like, like, Jesus, will you just stop the storm? Which, by the way, isn't that exactly what we do? When, when we're in a storm, the first thing that we pray is we're like, Jesus, would, would, you, just, would you just take away this, the storm? Like, I know you can take away, would you just take away this storm? 
Isn't that what we do? Like we say that and then we think, if, if Jesus will take away the storm, then I'll have peace. But what if, what if God uses our storms to remind us of his presence? What if, and we'll put this on the screen because this is, this is our big point today. What if our peace doesn't come from the absence of storms, it comes from the presence of God? Come on. Well, what that means is maybe you're in the middle of a storm right now and I want you to know God's peace can be in you in your storm. God's peace can be on you in your storm. God's peace can be with you in your storm. Why? Because our peace doesn't come from the absence of storms. It comes from the presence of God. Listen, God's peace works on sunny days. And it works when there's a tornado coming and you're laying in the bottom of a ditch because you're trying to take my tornado tip. Okay, God's peace doesn't come from the absence of storms. It comes from the presence of God. And so all I want to do today is give you two ways that we can find God's peace in our storms. And the first one is this one. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. We'll put it on the screen. Is you got to trade fear for faith. Trade fear for faith. Now, pastor confession I get scared super easy. All right, I'm, I'm scared of lightning. I'm scared of scary movies. Don't ask me to watch the movie It. I am not watching it. Okay, I'm scared of scary movies. I'm scared of my wife's driving. I'm now scared to go home because I said I am scared of my wife's driving. Okay, like I am super, I get scared super easy. And my wife knows this about me. And so she uses this against me. And what she'll do is she will hide in different places of my house and she will wait for me to walk by and when I walk by she will jump out to scare me okay this is my life people okay and some of you do this in your house and you need to knock it off all right and here's why because now my two kids have learned from my wife to scare me and so on any given day there are three people in my house hiding behind doors hiding behind walls hiding latest one hiding in the laundry basket and I think this is why I'm struggling with baldness right now. I think that's why I'm losing my hair. I'm not so sure. But a few years ago, I tried to get my wife back. And I tried to, you know, scare her. And I set up my phone to video it. And, and let, me just, let me just show you um, how that went. We'll look at, look at it here. I don't even think she flinched. Nixon was two at the time. I don't even think he, he flinched. All right. But if you slow-mo it, real slow, okay, I, th I think Stacy flinches a li little bit, okay? So l let's look at the slow-mo version of this. Maybe we'll see a flinch. Was there, was there a flinch? I think there was a flinch. Cotter's saying there was a flinch. Our filmers, oh, there was a flinch there. Anyway, I, not much of one. I'm pretty embarrassed by that. Um, I would have thrown the water bottle. All right, that's what I would have done because I get scared super easy. Like last Sunday, um, I just watched Pastor Danny, my dad, preach his message, and it was killer. And so I was all like fired up, and I was like, Stacy, I'm going for a jog. And so I, I start jogging, and I'm listening to Elevation Worship. I'm all pumped up. I feel like I'm Usain Bolt and Bo Dukes at the exact same time. I'm having like a worship moment jog. I don't know if you ever had one of those before. And I'm running down Revel Road, full of faith, man. And in that moment, as I'm running, true story, I look down, and here's a picture of what I saw on the road. And this is a snake, in case you can't tell. And, and listen, I am scared of snakes because I'm normal, all right? I don't know if you're scared of snakes, but I 
flip out. I saw this snake and I went from like having a worship moment to, well, I can't tell you what I said because this is church right now. But I was not singing Elevation Worship no more. All right. And after this happened, I took a selfie of myself literally right after this picture. And so here's, yeah, this is my face. Because <laughs> I thought it was over. I thought my life was done. And I went from having a faith moment to fear like that right there. And so, you know, just to make me feel better, if you, you're scared of something, just put a comment. Let, let me know what it is. I'll read it after church today. It'll be therapeutic for everybody. But why am I, why am I telling you this? There, there is a point. I promise. Here's, here's my point. Sometimes, sometimes we're going through life and I don't know what you're afraid of, but a storm will pop out at you, kind of like that snake popped out at me. And we will trade our faith for fear just like that. We'll, we'll just be in a moment and we'll just go from, man, I'm in it. I'm excited about you, Jesus, to, man, all of a sudden I'm afraid. But, but here's what I believe. And we'll put this on the screen. Sometimes behind your greatest fear, God is preparing to do his greatest miracle. Sometimes behind our greatest fears, God is preparing to do his greatest miracles. Come on. Maybe for you, your greatest fear is to, to date again. But what if behind that fear, God has got your miracle man out there? Woo. Go ahead and cue the Ed Sheeran music right there. Now, let me get a little more serious. Maybe your greatest fear is you struggle with an addiction. And your greatest fear is to tell somebody about that, to go and get help with that. But what if pushing through that fear, on the other side of pushing through that, God has the miracle of breaking that addiction in your life? Maybe your greatest fear is, is being generous and tithing. But what if on the other side of that fear is a blessing from God that you can't even imagine right now? Sometimes on the other side of our fear is our greatest blessing, our greatest miracle. And so maybe, maybe today is the day that you trade your fear for faith. And you, you got to start, sometimes we got to get to the place where we step out of our faith and we do something, even if it seems crazy. And, and the reason I say step out is because that's exactly what happens in this story where Jesus ends up walking on water. And so back to the boat, okay? It's storming. The, the disciples have been on this boat since evening the night before. And so it's been hours. They're all sorts of afraid. And then here's what happens in Matthew chapter 14, verse 25. It says that about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them. Now, pause. It's, it's 3 a.m. They've been in this boat for probably nine hours. If I'm the disciples, I'm like, Jesus, it's three. Could, could you have shown up at midnight? Like, what about like 10? Okay, 10. it was raining cats and dogs at 10. Okay, could you have shown up then? Okay, because you set your alarm. But no, Jesus shows up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And then it says, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, so that is a miracle, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. I am here. Now, I got to point this out. Did you notice that Jesus, the first thing he does isn't stop the miracle? Did, 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 did you see that? And maybe you're in a situation right now where, you know, there's a storm going on in your life and you're praying that God takes the storm away. And I hope he does. But, but here's what I'm learning. Jesus doesn't always stop the storm. 
But he does promise to show up in the storm and say, don't fear, take courage, I am here. Peace isn't based on perfect circumstances. Our peace is based on the presence of a perfect Savior. Let me say that again. I don't think we can be reminded enough that our peace isn't based on perfect circumstances. It's based on the presence of a perfect Savior. Why? Because our peace is not always found in the absence of storms. It's found in the presence of God. And I think something happens when we know that God is with us in our storm. I think when we know that God is with us, our faith becomes our peace. Our faith becomes our courage. And, and that word courage reminds me of something um, this Memorial Day weekend. A while back, my, my dad said to me, he's like, Joel, you, you need to go see the movie Hacksaw Ridge. He's like, you, you got to see it, son. Now, if I can just tell you, I don't always trust my dad's movie tastes. Because listen, my dad watches math tutorial videos on YouTube for fun. What the world kind of fun is that? And maybe you watch math tutorial videos on YouTube for fun, and that's fine. I'm not here to judge you, but I don't trust your movie taste. And so when dad's like, hey, you need to watch Hacksaw Ridge, I'm like, ah, I don't really know. But I, I, one day I was at Redbox and I rented Hacksaw Ridge, and I'm glad I did because it's this true story of a, a guy named Desmond Doss who was the only conscientious um, objector to carrying a weapon in World War II that also got the Medal of Honor. And he wasn't against other people carrying a weapon, but for him, he had a personal conviction against it. But he also was convicted to help his country and, and to fight in the military and help out, help serve. And so he signed up to be a medic. And it's an amazing movie. And, and it starts out with showing him go through, you know, training and then eventually he's at war. And, and there's a scene, the best scene in the movie, they're, they're at this place called Hacksaw Ridge. And his entire unit is up on this ridge and they're in this battle and, and the unit gets surrounded by this enemy. And so Desmond Doss's entire unit retreats and they go back down that ridge. Everybody left except the people who are wounded in his unit and Desmond Doss. And Desmond is this, this medic and he's running around from, from you know, you know, place to place, helping out his friends. And what he would do is he would help out his friends who were wounded and he would pull them to the edge of this ridge and then he would tie them, a rope around them and he would lower them down this ridge. And he kept on doing that back and forth. And, and just think about it. This guy, he doesn't have a weapon. He's running in the battle. Bullets are flying all around him and he's just got this courage to grab his friends and just take them to that ridge. All night long he does this. His hands are bleeding. And true story, he rescued at least 75 of his friends off that ridge that night. And, and he ended up winning the Medal of Honor for it. And it's just this crazy story. And, and Desmond Doss, afterwards, people would always ask him, like, how did you have the peace, the, the courage to do that? And Desmond was a Jesus follower. He carried his, his Bible around with him everywhere. And his answer was always the same. He was basically like, I had the courage to do that because I knew God was with me. And I think that can inspire us because he had courage in his storm, not apart from his storm. And so if you're in a storm right now, you can have courage. Your faith is your courage. Your faith can be your peace. Why? Because God is with you. Do you know that a nickname that Jesus has is Emmanuel? Which means that, that God is with 
us. And do you know what that means? It means in the storm, our faith becomes our peace. Our faith becomes our umbrella. And I don't know about you, but I would rather be standing in the storm with Jesus than standing in the sunshine without him. Let me say that again. I would rather be standing in the storm with Jesus than standing in the sunshine without him. Our peace doesn't come from the absence of storms. It comes from the presence of God. And I can promise you, God's presence is available to you in your storm. And by the way, on Memorial Day weekend, I told that Desmond Doss story just because I also wanted to say that I am so grateful for every single person, every man and woman who gave up their life fighting so that you and I could have freedom, so that you and I could do church on a couch today. And so I just wanted you to rem remember that this Memorial Day weekend, that we, we just had the freedom because of so many people who went before us. Listen, sometimes in life's biggest storms, that's when we've got to trade fear for faith. And so if, if you're in a storm right now, all right, and the waves are breaking and there's darkness all around you, listen, I want you to remember this. He still shines in our darkness. I, I want you to remember that he's still in control when life feels out of control. I want you to know that even if you don't see him, he still sees you. I want you to believe that you may be in a bad chapter right now, but God is still writing your story. And so how do you trade fear for faith? Remember Jesus' words in the story. We'll put it up on the screen one more time. Don't be afraid. I'm with you in the storm. And so here's the second way that you can find peace in your storm. Is the second thing is you got to focus, stay focused on Jesus. Now, speaking of focus, I, I lost my focus last August. Here, here's what happened. At the Rehoboth campus, we got a lot of Eagles fans. I'm talking like diehard Eagles fans. That's why our campus needs more prayer than the other two campuses, okay? And I have, I have this thing, like I, I don't mess with Eagles fans. Because have you met Eagles fans? All right, they, they are crazy. And so I don't mess with Eagles fans. And we got a lot of Eagles fans at our campus. And so um, we have Martina at, at the Rehoboth campus who one day came to me, and she's an Eagles fan, and she gave me four tickets to see the Ravens play the Eagles in preseason last August. Come on, shout out Martina. And if you want to bless the pastor with Ravens tickets, I will receive that blessing. All right? Like, Lord, send me. I will go. Um, anyway, so this game was in Philadelphia. Now, I'd never been to the Eagles stadium before, but before I went, Bo Dukes, our worship leader, he was like, hey, Joel, don't wear your Ravens jersey in that stadium. And I'm like, why? He's like, because they, Eagles fans are, are scary. And so let me show you a picture of four Ravens fans at the Eagles stadium. All right. Question. Do you see any Ravens gear at all? None. None of us wore Ravens stuff. In fact, when we were in the stadium, I only saw seven people the entire time that were wearing Ravens stuff. So nobody was wearing stuff. And so like whenever our team would score, all right, I was scared of the, you know, Eagles fans. And so like, and by the way, we scored a lot. Like at halftime, it was 29 to zero. So we scored a lot. Uh, anyway, um, every time we would score, I would be like, we would just kind of like have a silent celebration. And it was a great game. We ended up having to leave early because it started storming. And in our way out, one of the Ravens fans that I saw in the entire stadium, he started to heckle us because he thought we were Eagles fans leaving because the game was so bad. And he's like, what are you leaving because your, your team stinks? And my sister-in-law, Jess, she was like, no, 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 we're Ravens fans, but don't tell anybody. 
And they started like having a celebration. They started like jumping up and down, hugging each other. They're all high-fiving. And I didn't want to get beat up. So I, no lie, I literally walked away from my wife, my brother, and my sister-in-law. I was like, I don't know these people. And we got in our car and we started heading home. And uh, on our way home, I had to stop and get a Wawa sub. Praise the Lord for Wawa. And um, I got my, my chicken parmesan sub. And I got back in the car and I started to get back on to Route 1. But I was focused on eating that chicken parmesan sub and not the sign. And I got on Route 1 North instead of Route 1 South. And true story, I didn't even know it. And I drove the wrong direction for 30 minutes. That's how good that sub was, okay? I almost ended up back at the Eagles Stadium. And so, like, I lost my focus and it took me in the wrong direction. And I, I say that because that's what happens in this story, okay? Again, you got Jesus. He shows up to the boat. It's 3 a.m. It's been storming. These guys have been scared to death. And Jesus says, don't fear. I'm with you in the storm. And then the first disciple that, that talks is Peter, because it's always Peter who talks. And Peter says this in, in verse 28. It says, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. Which, by the way, I love that the first thing that Peter asked wasn't, hey, Jesus, take away the storm. Peter said, Jesus, I, I want to be with you in the storm because God's presence is the greatest miracle. And so he says, Peter says, like, can I come to you walking on the water? Yes, come, Jesus said. And so Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on the water towards Jesus. And so get this, you got Jesus walking on water. Now you got Peter walking on water. I mean, it's, it's miracles all over the place. But then this happens. It says, when, but when he, Peter, saw or focused on the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and he grabbed him. And he said, you have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Now, just think about this. Jesus is walking on water. Now, Peter, he starts to focus on Jesus. He's walking on water. And the only reason he can do this is because he's focusing on Jesus. He's able to do something he's never been able to do before. And then Peter is like, I see waves. I, I, there's wind. Okay, I see some Rehoboth seagulls. Okay, like I, I'm getting afraid. And then when he loses his focus, he starts to sink. And, and here's what I love about Peter in this story. He shows us that nothing is more important than what you're focusing on in your storm. Nothing is more important than what you're focusing on in your storm. Because, because when he's focused on his Savior, he is able to stand. Okay, but when he focuses on the storm, he sinks in the storm. But as long as he focused on his Savior in the storm, he's able to stand. In other words, whether you sink or stand is determined by what you focus on. Whether you sink or stand is determined by what you focus on. And here's the thing. You will go through storms in life. You've either just gotten out of a storm or you're in a storm right now or you're heading into a storm. You know, welcome to Bayshore. We like to, you know, boost you up. But the truth is you're going to be in a storm one way or another eventually. The question isn't, will you go through a storm? The question is, who will you focus on in your storm? And if you feel like you're sinking in your storm right now, I got good news. Peter felt exactly the same way, okay? And he starts freaking out. But he says, Jesus, save me. And guess who grabs Peter? Jesus. And so maybe you feel like you're in a storm and you've lost your focus. 
If you just say, Jesus, help me, be with me, guess who's going to grab onto you and hold you? And here's what, what I believe. I don't believe that Jesus always stops the storm, but I do believe that Jesus will always hold on to us in our storm. And by the way, just like quick little moment or side note here. Um, don't miss this. Peter's miracle never would have happened if Peter didn't step out of the boat. And so maybe you're watching this right now and, and you used to have a big dream. You used to have big faith and you took a risk, man. You stepped out and there was a storm and you sank and the waves were bigger than you thought and, and the marriage failed or the business didn't work out or the plan just, just fell apart. And I just want to tell you today that God's reminding somebody that it's time to dream again. It's time to have faith and step out of the boat again. Maybe it's time to reapply to go back to college. It's time to reapply for that job. It's time to update that match.com profile. Listen, I don't know what it is, but listen, it's time to dream again. Peter's miracle never would have happened if he never stepped out of that boat. Now back to the storm stuff. If you're facing a storm today, I want you to hear this. You don't have to stink, sink in the storm. You don't. Because if you focus on faith, you will stand in your storm. And you might say, okay, Joe, you got, you got to give me something more than that. And, and I got you. I hear you. I, I'm going to end with this. There's, there's a throwback line that Jesus says in this story that's super easy to miss. But what happens is, you know, the, the disciples are in the boat. It's storming. It's 3 a.m. Jesus shows up and he says to them, take courage. I am here. Now, that phrase, I am, shows up in this version. And it also shows up in John's version. And if you've been around church for a while, you might know that God gave himself a nickname way back in the Old Testament. And that nickname was, I am. And, and it's an amazing story. In fact, I think it's maybe the greatest miracle story of all time that there's um, this bush that's on fire, but it's not burning up. Hello. And, and you got a guy named Moses who looks at a bush. It's burning, but it's not burning. And so Moses, is talk, Moses starts talking to a bush, you guys. And Moses is like, hey, bush, like, who, who are you? What's your name? Who's doing this? And the bush speaks. It's actually God speaking. And God says, my name is I am. Which may be one of the greatest lines in the entire Bible. Like, what's your name? I am. You know, that's a mic drop moment, okay? Like if anything says, hey, I'm in control, it's naming yourself, I am. And so maybe you're in a storm right now, and I just want to share with you something that a guy named Louis Giglio used to talk about the power of this phrase, I am. And so I wrote some of these things down, because I think some of you need to be reminded of who this I am is today. And so you might say, who's with me in my storm? I am. Who's going to help me? I am. What's my purpose? I am. Who's looking out for me? I am. Is there anyone who believes in me? I am. Is there anything worth living for? I am. Who's going to fix this mess? I am. Who's looking out for my kids? I am. Who can make sense out of my life? I am. Who's going to be with me so I don't feel alone? I am. Who will forgive my past? I am. Why won't anyone listen? I am. Well, will anyone truly love me? I am. Is anyone in control when my life seems so out of control? I am. 
Is anyone in control in 2020 when life seems so absolutely crazy right now? I am. I am your rescuer. I am your restorer. I am your forgiver. I am your salvation. I am your hope. I am your freedom. I am your joy, your peace, your love, your life. I am the first and the last. I am powerful. I am for you and I am with you. So take courage. I am here. Why? Because our peace doesn't come from the absence of problems. It comes from the presence of God. And so I, I got good news, church. That means that you can have God's peace right here and right now. It's okay to ask God to take away your storm. And, and I hope he does. But even more than that, I hope that we learn to have peace, whether we're in a storm or whether we're in calm waters. I hope you learn to have peace, whether you're in a storm or in calm waters. I hope I learn to have peace, whether I'm in a storm or I'm in calm waters. And so today, I, uh, I started out with a question. I just want to end with a question. You ready for this question? All right, here's, here's your question. Who's going to help you stand in your storm? And Jesus answered this, this question in the fifth miracle that he did. Who's going to help you stand in your storm? The answer is, I am. I am. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I'm thankful for this story because... It's a storm story, and I think every single person who watched this today can relate to being in a storm. And I think we can all relate to feeling like we're sinking in a storm, feeling afraid in the storm like the disciples were. But God, I pray that we will focus on you and know that we're not alone in a storm. But you said, take courage. I am here with you. You're with us in our storms. And God, sometimes storms in life remind us of your presence. And so any storm that anybody's facing right now, I pray that we'll be reminded of your presence. And I pray that we'll be comforted because the person that is in our presence is the great I am. And you're the one who's going to stand with us in our storm because your name is I am. Thank you, Jesus, for always loving us and always being with us in those moments. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for being here with us today. We're going to be back to I Need a Miracle Part 6 next weekend. Um, I hope that you enjoyed today's message. We're going to throw it back to Cotter, and he's going to end the service for us.